0: This is, all I want to do is talk about Madonna. Soundtrack, Who's That Girl, 1987.
1: This is um, the first, well, it's the most she contributes to a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I think maybe ever.
0: She produces the soundtrack. Yes. And she personally selected the songs that would accompany the four tracks that she Right. Wrote and produced for this record. Right.
1: All four of which are actually in the movie Who's That Girl, starring Madonna and Griffin Dunn, directed by James Foley. Uh,
0: A a troublesome film. A troublesome film. It was originally called Slammer. And uh, and it was written, I think, for Melanie Griffith. Yes. And then uh, she turned it down, and um, Daryl Hannah also turned it down. Several other actresses, Michelle Pfeiffer, I know, was in the mix. Um, And it had been around uh, not very long, like maybe a year and a half. And uh, so Madonna got to do this film. Um, And this was filmed right after Shanghai Surprise. And so, and I don't believe Shanghai Surprise was out yet.
1: No, because if it had been out, they wouldn't have hired her to do this movie. Yes. She would not have been uh, <laughs> they wouldn't Nikki, have, Finn. uh Nikki Finn. Nikki <laughs> Finn. Listen, this, this I actually I think I sent you some video. I watched this whole movie yes. on Monday or Tuesday. I know
0: this movie pretty I, pretty. I, me too. Yeah, I've seen
1: it like twenty times. Yeah,
0: it's a great movie. I love this movie.
1: <laughs> I love this movie because it's so bad, but also yeah. it's good.
0: Yeah, it's a really bad movie. It's really bad,
1: <laughs> and I, I this time when I was watching it, I was telling you I have an a, a theory about James Foley. Yeah, hear okay? it. I want to hear okay. it. Okay, so listen up. Okay, so. When I was watching her performance and I was like, wow, this performance is really, hmm, for lack of a, a not nicer word, audacious. Okay. okay. All right. It's not auda- a nice
0: word. Right. That's I what like I mean. That. It's an audacious. Uh, book. It's an audacious. She made some choices. She
1: made a, some big choices, big choices with her voice and her mannerisms. A lot of which I find very charming and funny, yes. but also very not real. Meaning, if she had just played closer to herself through the movie and still found some of that humor and charm, it, this movie actually could have been really great. <laughs> okay, that's it. Fine. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's
0: hurt. Don, don't be mad at me, okay? It's just that I've been stuck in that cage for four years, and I just went a little crazy, and you know? it won't happen again.
1: You're right. You're right. This will not happen again. But as long as we're here, can we go in for a few seconds? No. Please? No. Why not? The bus doesn't leave for half an hour and I can't go back to Philly without any presents with my mom, she thinks I've been shopping. Shopping? For four years? Mm-hmm. So I can't exactly go back empty to hand because
0: it isn't very nice.
1: All right. All right. Fifteen minutes. And then straight to the bus station. You promise?
0: Promise. I feel like uh, Madonna watched a lot of um,
1: old movies, screwball comedies, screwball
0: comedies, and like Judy Madeline Kahn in Paper yes. Moon and things like that. And I think she always, the performance is a supporting performance right unfortunately shoehorned as the lead
1: my cousin Vinny, yeah like it's yeah. that sort of she like, should
0: pop in do a bit of this funny stuff and then pop out
1: totally totally but instead so she's at the center of it and, and in
0: every scene so you're like every oh we've
1: seen nikki finn nikki so finn. so listen <laughs> nicole this, finn. oh nicole so listen this is my theory about how this happened okay. because We know that up until this moment, James Foley has been a serious director.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: And gritty. Gritty. He directed working class, right? And and then he directed. So then he's Sean Penn's best friend, right? Yes. Best man at their funeral. At their funeral.
0: (laughs) At their wedding.
1: (laughs) Oh dear. He's best man at their wedding. After that, he directs um, three Madonna videos. Yes. Right, and then he directs her in this movie. Where he allows her to go through the movie in this character Mm -hmm. that's not a good interpretation of, like, not a good performance and is clearly not a good performance. And I thought, well, why would he let that happen? And I thought about, like, I thought about also then there was this stuff, like, there's stuff with Sean Penn at this time this is when she's not actually, they're not actually living in the same house while they're filming this. He's living out in Malibu and she's living in their LA house and they're separated. And she, and there's always these other stories of Madonna triangulating with Sean to sort of, right? We hear about Warren Beatty later and Sandra Bernhardt. And I think that James Foley and Madonna, I don't know that they had an affair, uh-huh. but I think that they were in love with each other. In interviews, they call each other their best friends. Wow, and I think he—they were in love with each other, and he was so in love with her that he couldn't see and or tell her yeah. that she wasn't doing the right thing in the movie.
0: I think uh, that that's a really good theory, and I I would I would kind of agree in a lot of ways because the movie um, focuses a lot on on Nikki and she, you know, there's a lot of parallels. She transforms halfway through the movie from, you know, the gritty, like, you know, um, convict to the beautiful voluptuous siren in the white dress. She um, has this way of charming every single person that she comes into contact, man, woman, and animal, cheetah, if you will, throughout the film. Um, I also think she really wanted to play a part she didn't want to play Madonna playing the part she wanted to create a character and really act um and I think that that's a lot of also why she puts on the voice and has a weird walk and does all of these things to actually show that she's not um just being Madonna. I think she was very sensitive to the idea that it was a vehicle
1: totally well, it's so interesting that she it's like she was sort of like, oh. I'm not going to do anything that anybody expects me to do, which would have been like, just serve the movie and be yourself. She's like, she's like almost punk rock the way she destroys the performance in a way that's so wild and free. It's funny and and
0: oblivious to everybody else in the movie. And I think uh, Griffin Dunn who, um, I think maybe her best leading man she ever had in terms of play, like somebody who was with her totally. for the whole film. He does some great work in this movie and he holds the movie together because it's really his journey. Yes. It's his, he's the hero in the film. He undergoes a transformation and uh, he has the most at stake and the most to lose in the film. Uh, and I, I really love watching him in the movie because he really is able to, by sheer will, force a character in a relationship. And uh, and because Madonna's not doing it, Madonna Madonna has no idea who he is.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they are really playing off of each other, but um, she just it's, it's the same thing with like Madame X and the eye patch, like, she made a commitment. And she just she's gonna stick she's to gonna it. stick through it even if it's gonna like okay. cause her balance yeah. to be off. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like she that is admirable of her and audacious. Well, and
0: I also <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of I wonder what his performance his his interpretation was before they did the table read. Uh-huh, Can uh-huh. you imagine like Griffin Dunn is like sitting there? He's like, oh, I'm the lead in this movie with this hot new star, and you know, da. John Sir John Mills is in this with us. Oh, this God. is prestige.
1: We're shooting it at
0: home in my my home city of New York City. I'm just... Yeah, and he's
1: just hot off of Scorsese and doing After Hours. Yeah, After
0: Hours and all of these great things. And then they do the table read, and he realizes what she's going to do. And he modulates his performance to work off of what she's doing. And I think that that's really impressive.
1: I agree. Hey, let's talk about the songs.
0: Um, The songs are the best thing about the movie, I would say. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, well... Um, which is your favorite? So there's um, "Who's That Girl," yes, "Causing a Commotion," yes, "The Look of Love," yes, and "Can't Stop." Uh,
0: "Look of Love" and Pat "and Who's That Girl" were written by co-written by Pat Leonard, and mm-hmm. "Can't Stop" and "Causing a Commotion" were co-written and produced by Stephen Bray, mm-hmm. who also did the soundtrack music for the film. So there's lots of Madonna friends around helping this movie along. Um, I really love the songs. I mean, I I always will have a sentimental soft spot for Who's That Girl because I was a little teenage boy. I was 11 when this movie came out. I got to see it in the theater. I was one of eight people in the theater watching this film. (sighs) In uh, Boardman, Ohio. I had to drive to Boardman, Ohio to see Who's That Girl because it did not play in Niles or... um, Warren and uh and I love the song I've always it's looking back on it now it's it's kind of a La Isla Bonita retread Uh um and it's designed to be to sell it's it sounds like a commercial for the movie
1: Yes, I agree I mean I think it's it is a minor song though I think that the chorus is somewhat haunting like the yeah. who's that girl and um, when she does it actually in the in the concert there is that question like the question sort of resonates with like well who are who is Madonna it like plays yeah. with her idea of identity um, I like again I like the bridge in the song a lot yeah, it's it, really beautiful but it's kind of a wisp of a song you know? it is a
0: wisp and and, um, and the production doesn't do it any. No. Um the 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 thing that always mires these four songs um and one other that happens later in the year um is uh the production. These mm. sound like a 1987 uh song.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And at all of the tracks on Who's That Girl? I mean they all sound very 80s, very yeah, like Yeah, synthy. nothing's
1: like lasting. And
0: and it is all very much the moment and then it disappears and yes. um
1: Who's That Girl was a number 1.
0: It was by sheer and and because she was on the tour, I think the oh, tour yeah. was tour made it number one.
1: Sure, she made a video for it. This is one of those she had two hours to make the video. She showed up in whatever she was wearing. She had a hat on and a, a kind of a this. suit, and she made it. and She like walked some through something. It was the, a terrible video. Yeah. she has short brown hair. I don't. I don't. It's one they of the dance worst. dance
0: at the end, and she takes off. That they, they like make her take off her coat, and then she really yeah. like dances and. Yeah. She gives the hat to a kid and then she plays with another. There are a lot of children around. Yeah. It's weird because it's... Because it's med- there are no children in the movie. There are no kids in the film. No. And it, I have no idea who those people are and they kind of show up and they're and like... And the
1: story makes no sense. It, it's like stupid.
0: Yeah. This is one of those songs that I'm... I will always love because of of my childhood connection to it. It's not a great song. It has this sentimental value to it. And I, I was very moved when she, she brought it back for Rebel Heart for the first uh, 20 shows or so when she played it. Because it was really, it was like, oh my God, she's singing it. Mm. And I didn't get to see her sing it live. And so to get to hear Madonna sing it in this. And she found the haunting sadness in that song. Right, right. That's always been in it. But yeah. She confronted it head on.
1: Causing a commotion?
0: Um, a pop ditty. It should have been the number one. I think this is a better song.
1: I think so, too. I think so, too. It opens the movie. It's where the cre- the credits of the movie, um, which has a whole opening sequence. It's two causing a commotion. And, and there's
0: a cartoon version of Madonna, yeah,
1: walking through and cars are getting into acts. It sort of tells the story of her getting to getting into jail. Yes. Um Nikki Finn. And um but the harmonies on this are pretty nice. They're oh, sort of gorgeous. a precursor to Express Yourself, I'd yeah. say, cuz I I'm not sure if it's Nikki and Donna, but like it has or maybe it's just her yeah. harmonizing with herself. This again also has a great bridge. And she did this song in at least two tours. Yeah. The the who's that girl? And then blonde ambition. Yeah. And it's sort of like a song she barrels through. Like she, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it pushes through, but it has an energy to it. It's
0: much. It's faster and alive than it is. Yeah. On the on the record. Yeah. And and there are some great mixes of this. There's, there there are a couple are. of ho- and they're called like the Hollywood mix yes. of causing a commotion. Yes. That, adds a couple extra beats. It's weird the remixes around this time are all like extended yeah. versions of the of the songs. I don't see them ever being played in clubs. These these aren't meant for like clubs, I don't think.
1: Well, I think in 80s clubs maybe. I mean, maybe. we don't we don't know actually. I would like, have
0: loved to have danced with you in a club to oh causing God. a commotion. <laughs> well, maybe
1: we'll have some magical thing happen and we'll just get to go back to like 1987 New York. Um we'll you know, and we can just go dancing one night and then we'll be back here to tell about it on our podcast.
0: I would love that.
1: I'd love it too. Um The Look of Love.
0: The look of love is a power, power. <laughs> It is. Um it, it has the backing uh the backing um music that's in the movie. There's yes. a lot of this is kind of the, the theme, the the love theme. I'm this is them. when
1: they've they've sort of like they've kind of parted ways yeah sad it's sad um
0: i, I it's kind of one of those paint by i mean anybody could have sung Nelson.
1: yes again another great bridge Yeah, okay And um, Can't Stop I love Can't Stop (gasps) Me too
0: (laughs) Can't Stop is a a Stephen Bray highlight I think it's one of his best songs
1: I agree It's great Um the song itself is I think one of the most underrated Madonna jams ever. I can I love everything about this song. There's nothing wrong with the song, even that it's very eighties. It's like yeah. perfect. I think the beat is pretty great. I love that like um Robotic can't stop. Yes. Yes. There's keyboard.
0: Ling. Um, Shep Pettibone did a remix of it. that's really great. And it's um, all good. And I think it's also because it's buried on the second side of the, of the album. And I think when the movie flopped, um, they had kind of had their number one hit and they'd had their number two hit with causing a commotion and, Everyone was kind of like, "Okay, next." Call it a day. Call it a day. And I, yeah. w- and I wish, I wish this had had a better life because "Can't Stop" is "Can't Stop" is one of those um, "I'm gonna get you no yes. matter what you try." Yes. Madonna chasing someone down the street.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, a a a less vulnerable version of "Open Your Heart." Yeah. But then again, a fun fucking fantastic bridge.
0: that girl didn't make any money. And uh, it was one of two flop movies Madonna uh, released in 1987. It was this and Shanghai Surprise, which uh, the less said the better. And um, already Madonna was getting, I mean, it's so fascinating because it's its like this movie effectively, quote unquote, ended her film career because she basically had this reputation after this which took years to change, and then she torpedoed it again. Of being a, a movie killer, like any project she was in, she's just too big for the film to uh, fit within it.
1: Three years later, she actually she becomes a a, a film star by being herself in yeah. her documentary. But really, that is her greatest role. I mean. Yeah. Even Evita, I don't personally feel is a good performance, but we can talk about that I, Again,
0: later. I think uh, the last thing I would say about Nikki Finn is I do feel like she's at her best in kind of tiny little bits. And uh, she's she's a supporting car- actress in films. And I right. think all of the movies, if you look at Madonna's movie canon, and um, good luck. Um, her best moments are always when she's the smaller role or bouncing off. She's never going to be the ingenue. She's always going to be the, the the worldly best friend or the the tough girl. She's going to be Rizzo. She's never going to be Sandy.
1: Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. She is Rizzo.
0: So we'll
1: see you next time. Bye. Hey
0: everybody, this is Mark. And this is Kenny. And we just wanted to check in with you at the end of uh, this week's episode to uh, say that we are producing a Broadway musical bound version of Who's That Girl? Wait Auditions. A <laughs> Auditions, Wait <a> start. <laughs> Auditions start. Auditions um, start September 1st. So get your um. resume and your 18 bars.
1: Um, Mark, you buried the lead, which is you will be playing the role of Nikki Finn.
0: (laughs) No, that is not true. I'm in negotiations, let's just say, to play that role. And also the role of the nurse in the hospital has been taken.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, um, we look forward to seeing you all at um, all of the auditions, including the open calls. Um, Mark will be there for all of them leading the dance uh, part of the audition. Yes. Um, coming to the end of our first season.
0: Yes, our first long season. Uh, our season wraps up in three episodes and then uh, with the end of 1987. And then we will have a, we will treat you with a bonus episode on June 30th. And then we're going to take a little break for the summer. Take just a, like, a
1: breather. Yes, just like Madonna takes breaks and vacations and holidays. A holiday. We're going to we take gonna, a holiday. We are going to take a holiday. But in truth, we're not. We're going to be working overtime, getting ready for season two. Which, which starts
0: in um, in the fall, and it will cover the years 1988 to 1993.
1: One of the most major time periods of Madonna's career. Where, uh, yeah, A pivotal time. It's a pivotal time. Uh, it's a major pivotal time. Anyway, we just wanted to... Um, say thank you for listening
0: oh and and really stay tuned for that june 30th episode i think you're gonna really love it it's it's an exciting exciting episode it is yes we hope so till
1: next time bye